Thank you guys for joining us for worship. Uh, well, next week we start our series because of Jesus. It is our three-week vision series. Uh, you don't want to miss any of those weeks. It is going to be awesome as we talk about the future of what God is doing and all the exciting things to come for Liberty, not just here at our campus, but across the family campuses there uh, and what God is doing in the future. Amen? Amen? We're excited about that, so join us. But today I want to take a moment and I want to talk to you a little bit about something I think is so important in this season, something I think is uh, uh, vital for where we're at and uh, something that I see really uh, as we, we get to the other side, because I feel like at some point in time we got to start moving on, right? we got to start saying, look, <laughs> we were there, but... Can we start going there, right? We were over here, and it's time to just move out. It's time to keep moving forward, and, and there is life after this craziness. There is life after all of this. And so I want to take a moment and just kind of talk through that today. Uh, but I want to start in Proverbs 13, 20, and it says this. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, I think about my life and anything that I've done that I would say, man, I'm really proud of what I did there, or, or man, that was really good. I got it right. I did it right. In any of those moments, I could say that it probably happened because of the people that I had around me, because of the friends that I had that encouraged me or, or kept me pushing or kept me going, uh, that it was because of the people that God allowed into my lives that I was able to do that, right? I had the right people influencing me into that. But I also think about all the times that I actually got in trouble and did things that I wasn't supposed to do, and that was definitely because of the friends that I had influencing me. Uh, I would fall into peer pressure, and I'd make the wrong choices. I would do things that I probably shouldn't have done, right? Um, but uh, as we talk about that today and really dig into that, I, I think there's really one great way that I could illustrate this and, and really the whole message and what I'm talking about, and that is what I like to call my friendship bench here. Um, I'm going to have Brad come up and help me. Brad and I are friends. I'm going to move this so you can see. This is the friendship bench. And this is exactly what I'm talking about today because this only works with a friend. Brad and I are friends. Ideally friends that are... Very, very close friends, but we have to sit far apart. In the, and, and, and if you're really good friends... Oh, jeez. We're kind of friends now. Just kidding. See, real friends, we're going to, this is physics. You ready? Oh. We did way better this service than we did last service. We're becoming closer friends. Thanks, Brad. All right. Uh, really good friends. Don't let other friends fall too. Okay, there we go. See? Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. All right. Whew. My goodness. That was the hardest part of my message right there. Uh, so that, here's the thing. That's a little illustration of what life is like. So many times in life, we try to do life all on our own. We say, you know, I can do this isolated. I could be by myself. I can, you know, and even through this season, some of you guys were like, you know, it actually wasn't that bad quarantining because I didn't have to be around people and I kind of liked it. But the reality is, is that if we try to go through life all alone, it is like trying to sit on this bench by yourself. It doesn't work. God created us to be in partnership and companionship with other people. And I want you to think about your closest friends. Think about the people that, that are in your life, the people that you can be transparent with, and, and the people that, like, if you had to call them at 2 a.m., they would pick up. I mean, it, you know it would be like that, oh, you know, where they're not really sure what's happening. But those type of people, 
right? Think about those people. And as you're thinking about them, listen to this. You are an average of your five closest friends, right? You are an average. You fall right in the middle, generally, of your five closest friends. And so uh, if you're hanging out with friends that are uh, crazy with their finances, they're constantly blowing through their money and in huge debt, you're going to be right in the middle of that. You're probably going to be blowing your finances in a lot of debt, trying to live up to the lifestyle they live. In the same sense, if you're uh, with people that are spiritually focused and, and really uh, spend a lot of time with God, you're probably going to be right in the middle of that and, and spending time with God and trying to be like your friends. Like it or not, mom was right. You will become like those you run with. She knew what she was talking about. The question is, do you want to be like those you're running with? Do you want to be like those you're hanging out with? Right? And, and so many of us, we say, you know, I want to have a good marriage. I, I want to be healthy in my marriage and I want to love my wife. But we're hanging out with people that, that have terrible marriages, that don't, uh, aren't faithful to their spouses. And, and if those are the crowds we're hanging out with, where will we be going with our marriage? Right? Are, are we with the right people? Are we hanging out with people with good marriages that are loving their spouses, that are building their spouses up? We will be in the middle of the people we hang out with. We want to be better off financially, but we're hanging out with people that are constantly going on vacations and trips and, and, and taking on debt. That's where we're going to be. Or, or are we hanging out with people that are always talking about what stocks and investments and, and how they save their money because we're going to begin to edge in and try to be in the middle of that group? Right? We, maybe we say, you know, I want to be more healthy. Like, are you hanging out with that Krispy Kreme support group? Or <laughs> where, are you at? where are you at? You know, are you just hanging out at Krispy Kreme, okay? I wanted to do a Krispy Kreme small group, but I didn't. I know. It would have been very small. Everybody would be like, I'm in, you know? Maybe. So I think the important thing for us today is really to define what friendship looks like. You know, I, I look at what friendship is kind of labeled as today and, and how people see friendship today. And, and I think if we're, we're going to give an honest evaluation of what a lot of people think friendship is, they really think and would define a friend as someone that you may or may not know very well, but they accepted your, fa your Facebook request. They're a friend, right? Um, and that person has been born and brought on this earth so that they can like and comment on my post to make me feel good about myself, right? That's, that's how many people would maybe define a friend. But look at what Proverbs 17, 17 says. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity, right? We're talking about people that when you're going through your, your highest highs or your lowest lows that they're there. And even what the Bible says is, look, when you're going through your struggles, when you're going through your hard times, that is the time that your friends are going to be there. That's, that's truly why they were born. They were not born to like and love your Facebook posts. They were born to walk you through these difficult times to say, you know what? You're struggling. I got a shoulder. I'll carry you through this. I'll help you out. That's what the Bible says. I mean, I think about this moment, like here we are with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these things that clearly have brought so much good to our lives. Um, and, but I think about before that, right? Like think about before all that happened, like nobody ever called up their friend, like, you know, pulled up the phone and was like, because that's how you called before. 
some of you get that. Other people are like, what is he doing? It's a rotary phone. You hold the nine, you go all the way around, right? Nobody ever called their friend and was like, listen, I just took a picture of my breakfast. You have got to see this. I'm going to run my film down to Walmart and get it developed. And when they mail it to me in three days, I'm going to mail you a picture of this. You have got to see these eggs, right? Never happens. Never, ever happened, right? But we, we post these pics. We're so obsessed with controlling the perception, right? We got to take the picture, right? And we're like, okay, honey, bring the lamp in. Bring, I, need, I need more light on my left side, right? And we take it. We're like... No, that's not good. Over here, move the lamp to that side. Open the window. Get the kids in here. I need some shade blockers, right? We we get all obsessed with getting just the right picture because, you know, then we're going to hashtag no filters, right? (laughs) We spent four hours going into making this. All so that we can get more likes. All that we, so that we can get this, this reality where we say, you know, I've got more likes. Uh, and, and if I have more likes, I get more Facebook friends. We're chasing something. We want to be famous. We want people to know who we are. But the reality is the more likes, the more Facebook friends, all of this really makes us feel more alone. It makes us feel more alone. It gives us illusion of intimacy. And ultimately, it's counterfeit to what God intended for us. You see, the more I use social media, if you're anything like me, the more I use social media, the more I crave human interaction, human relationship. Sometimes we are really good at being friendly, but when it comes to being a friend, we struggle. Right? We're really good uh, at being nice to people and liking their posts and, and commenting on their stories, happy birthday. But when it comes to actually being a friend, we don't know what to do. And I, I think it's really, for us, it's time for us to stop just being friendly and actually be friends with people. Right, And I look at this time of quarantine where we were like, hey, you can't go see anybody. You can't talk to anybody. You got to isolate yourself. And I remember near the end of it, it was like, all right, we got to start having people over. Like, I need other people in my life. Like, we would go over to my parents' house, and we would just sit and play games. And it was just about being with people. Right? We'd have people over at our house and say, look, we just, we just want to hang out. It's about reconnecting in more of a personal way. But I think in the same way that we're called to be people's friends, it goes the other way as well. That we have people that we would consider friends in our lives. But what happens is the second that those people aren't friendly to us, we discount them. We push them away. Right? We're so quick to say, well, they weren't being friendly to us. so They must not really be a friend. Look at what Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says. It says, an open rebuke is better than than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You know, I always think about it this way. I'd rather get stabbed in the chest by a friend, somebody that I know is just trying to help me. It may hurt. It may cause me anguish. But if I need to know it, I'd rather know it from a friend than somebody stabbing me in the back that, is, that I don't know. Somebody that maybe would be a facade of a friend and say, oh, no, we're friends, but constantly behind me, they're, they're behind my back. I'd rather know that I have somebody that's going to help me see my insecurities and my shortcomings to my face 
then somebody's going to treat me like everything's great, but behind me, they're tearing me down. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing that if you had, if, if you had a handful of friends that, that, that loved you, right? I'm talking lifetime friends, people that, that, that were there for you, people that would tell you the truth when you're about to do something stupid. Wouldn't it be amazing if you had a group of friends that, that came around you, a community of people that stayed with you, stayed with you? Imagine if you had a group of friends that were with you for, a, for decades to come, people that you could truly be close with. However, according to the American Sociological Review, and this was all pre-quarantine, pre-COVID, pre-2020, so it might even be worse now. According to the American Sociological Review, most of us have an average of two friends. Two. Uh, 20 years ago, the average American had six close friends. Nobody seems to notice or even care at this decline in friendship, this decline in relationship. And even worse, one in four report that they don't even have a single close and trusted friend in their life. Not a single one. But the reality is, is that friendship is a choice. Friendship is a choice. And, and, and I'm going to tell you that I, I truly believe that God is calling us as a church to be more than just a church, but to truly be a family of friends, a, a church where people can walk in the doors and feel like they are loved, feel like they're at a place where they can be loved uh, for who they are right where they are. But that's a choice that you have to make. You see, I can only stand at the door and say hi and, and greet and love on so many people. I can only go to dinner and lunches with so many people because uh, I've got a limited influence. But together, but all of us as a group can go further and expand more and love more people and reach more people where they're at. And so I want to talk today about rediscovering this lost art of friendship. What I, I think is really important in this New season that we're in is we're, we're I'm going to tell you, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, we're walking into a new season. Out of the season of COVID, we're walking into a new season of life. The aftermath. What does the new normal look like? What, is, what does life look like now that we've walked through this? And I think we need to rediscover this, this art of friendship that we've all longed for, that we were created for. And the first thing is, is I think it's important for us to be present in the lives of our friends, right? To be present. And I want you to repeat this after me. Say, I will develop my friendships face-to-face, -face, not thumbs-to-thumbs. If you're an old typer, it's forefinger-to-forefinger. Forefinger. Where's the T? There it is. And send. Ow, autocorrect. Sorry, that's how it goes. Right? This is about being friends, being close with people, face to face. Now, disclaimer, this is not like a belly button to belly button friendship, okay? We're, not, we're friends, but we're not that good of friends, right? This is not the type of friends with benefits. I just want to clear that up there. Uh, but it's important to have friends, people that you know and you can, can relate with and connect with and be in relationship with. You know, I think about Rochelle and I, we have a friend on Facebook, um, and I'll admit it, we don't know her at all. We don't even know how we became friends with her, but we remain friends with her on Facebook because she shares amazing recipes. 
I'm just telling you, she doesn't even live in the area. She's like from Indiana somewhere. We have no idea. It's like we've got us as mutual friends. We're really not sure what happened or where she came from. But we are still going to remain friends because one day we're going to cook all those recipes. They're saved. It's okay. I'll find them. Uh, the reality is Jesus didn't come down on this earth and say, here, read this book. What did he say? He said, come, follow me, be present, be with me. Not just about reading a book, not just about learning scriptures or, or learning how to live, but truly be present, follow me, do what I do. Be present. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, I have to think when they were writing this, maybe this was written for us. Maybe they were walking through a situation a lot like we were, were in. Where maybe there was people saying, you can't go to church. You can't gather together. You can't believe what you believe because what I believe is better than what you believe. And if you don't believe what I believe, then I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to fight you on it. It's going to divide us. Maybe they were in a season much like we were. And, and he says, look, let's, let's think of ways to motivate one another to love. No more of this division. Let's, let's think of ways that we can motivate, motivate each other to acts of love and good works. And above it all, most importantly, we cannot neglect meeting together. I know that there's people saying don't get together. I know that there's people in the world saying that you can't meet together or you'll be persecuted or you'll be attacked. But we cannot neglect this. And look, the word in Greek that, is, that he uses for meeting together, this is only used two times in the Bible. And it, it means a physical gathering with a spiritual purpose. This isn't just about getting together, hanging out. This is about meeting together for God, about coming together so that we can gather, so that we can go out. We can go out and encourage each other to acts of love and good works. It says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I got to think that maybe this was not only written for where they were at in their season, but maybe where we're at in our season. That it's so important for us to be at a place where we're motivating one another, those that are close with, those that we're in relationship with, and saying, hey, look, we got to love each other. We got to love them where they're at. No more of this division. No more of this, this hatred. We got to just love them where they're at. We're going to do good works. We're going to show people who we are by our actions, by how we live, by how we respond. So I'm going to tell you at the end of your life, it will not matter how many likes your most popular selfie has. Nothing to, none of that matters. So it's about being present, but not just being present, because that's just the first part of it, but it's, we can be present, but if we're not really there and if we're not willing to put in the work, it's meaningless. And so the second thing that I think is important for us today is about being open, right? Being open with others. James 5.16 says this. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You know, a lot of people kind of get confused by this because they read in the, the Bible and they say, well, in order for my sins to be forgiven, the Bible says that I have to confess my sins to Jesus and then my sins will be forgiven. But there's a second part 
Because it's great to be forgiven and, God, and, and Jesus to say, look, I, I, I don't hold any blame against you anymore. You've been wiped clean. Your sins have been forgiven. And Jesus doesn't hold that against us, but we still do. We hold it against ourselves. The enemy will do everything he can to try to hold that against us, to remind us of the sin, to remind us of our shortcoming. Do you remember when you did that? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember how? And what the Bible says is, look, you go to Jesus for forgiveness, but in a group of friends, in a group of people that care about you, will pray for you. They will pray for you so that you can be healed and released from that so it no longer holds on to you, so you're no longer holding on to it. You see, we impress people with our strengths and how strong we are. Well, you know, this COVID hasn't been that bad. I really pretty, pretty much I just enjoyed it, honestly. It's been really good. I haven't had any low times whatsoever. But the reality is that we can impress them with our strengths, but we truly connect with people through our weaknesses. When we're open and honest with people, that's where we build connection. The, uh, the, the challenge is that we have to have the courage to acknowledge that what we are doing in our life isn't working. That the way we are trying to move forward isn't cutting it. That God truly wants more for us in our lives. There's something amazing that happens in small groups. You know, I think about our early small group that my wife and I led. We decided to lead a financial peace group, uh, one of Dave Ramsey's incredible, incredible financial course. We had gone through the class. It completely changed our lives. We said, you know, we need to teach this. Um, and at the time, we were in our mid-20s, and we had some friends that we were hanging out with um, that uh, were in their teens and early 20s, and we just kind of all hung out. We had a tribe and a family, and we said, you know, they need this, because if we could have gotten this when we were 18, we would have been like bajillionaires by now. <laughs> but boy, have we missed it, right? That's kind of where we felt. And so we decided to do this FPU class of Financial Peace University, and, and we got it all registered, and we set it up, and all of our friends joined in, and everybody was there, and it was going to be amazing. We were like, man, this is going to be great. And of course, when you register it, it goes up on Dave Ramsey's website because he's really good at marketing. And I got a phone call one day, and I was like, hello, this is AJ. And he's like, hi, I, um, I signed up for your small group, your Financial Peace group, um, but my wife and I, we don't go to Liberty. We don't go to church, actually, anywhere. But um, we're, we're going to come and check it out. I just wanted to connect with you. And I'm thinking, okay, all right. And so I'm asking the guy, well, you know, what's going on? Where are you at? Like, how's, how's work? All this stuff. And he goes, well, my wife and I were really wanting to retire. And instantly I went, this guy's way too old for our group. <laughs> like, we, we could add up all the group members. And I don't think we'd hit his number, right? Like, I'm like, oh, man, it wasn't quite that bad. But... I was thinking in my head, there's no way this guy's going to fit in. There's no way. And he's talking. He's like, you know, we wanted to, but, um, uh, you know, business has been tight. I own a body shop, and then things have been tough. We haven't been really good with our finances. And I was like, well, awesome. Where do you live? He's like, oh, we live in Fairhope. And we were in Pensacola at the time. I'm thinking, that's an hour drive. This guy's going to be here two weeks tops. And then he's like, I'm not going to make this drive. That's just... And in my head, I'm already making excuses of why he's not going to be there. And I'm, you know, of course, I'm like, well, come on, man. You know, we'll be excited. You can come and hang out. It's at our house. All of our, our, our other group members are going to be there. And I completely and 100% prejudged why he shouldn't be at the group. And I was wrong. I was so wrong. I was so wrong because what happened through this group is actually an incredible friendship, an incredible relationship where uh, this, uh, Ken and Judy were the, the names of this couple. 
And it's amazing how, you know, they, all the things that have happened, they weren't even going to church at the time. But they walk into our group. And I remember having a conversation uh, uh, near the end of the class and the end of the group uh, weeks. And he just said, man, he goes, we didn't know what we believed as far as the God thing. We didn't know where we were at and all of that. But we knew and what we saw was how much you guys loved and cared for each other. He goes, it was like we were walking into family. He goes, and not only that, but you let us into that family. He said, from week one, it was like we were a part of that family. I'm going to tell you something special happens in small groups because not only are they retired from his, his uh, business of a body shop, but he at now uh, is in full-time ministry where he helps men out of sexual addiction. This guy, that <laughs> he's coming for some financial help from a 20-something-year-old, but God knew exactly the people he needed to be around Exactly the people he needed to be with so that he could truly be who God called him to be. And this is, this is what I'm saying. There's something amazing that happens in small groups. When we really allow ourselves to be present and be open. To be there. To be in relationship with people. And I, I want to encourage you. Like if you've signed up to be in a small group. Like. Get connected, get plugged in, be open, because it's going to come up next week. Is our last week to sign up today. Uh, I'm going to encourage you here in just a minute to go sign up for a small group to find your group. But if you've already signed up, you're going to get to that first meeting and you're going to be like, well, you know, I signed up like four weeks ago, three weeks ago, and my life wasn't quite as busy then. And now it's really busy. So I'm probably next semester is really going to be better for me. I'm telling you, I've heard all the excuses, right? Well, you know, sports started back up, and so I didn't know sports were going to be starting back up because I didn't think we were ever going to play sports again. And so I don't know if I can make the commitment to the group, right? You'll have every excuse as to why you shouldn't be in that small group, but I'm going to tell you right now, be present. Be a part of that group. There's a reason that God had you sign up for that group in the first place. If you'll just allow him to lead you into that. I think there's something amazing that will happen for you in small groups. And, and if you're here today and you're like, look, uh, we've got uh, 170 plus 179 people signed up for small groups already. And if you haven't signed up for one, we have space available. And, and I know the excuses. You're like, look, uh, I'm not comfortable going and meeting with people because of everything that's going on. That's great. We have online groups. We have Zoom small groups. Right? Or maybe you're like, you know, this online stuff isn't for me. Um, I really need that human interaction. Perfect. We have in-person small groups. Like, I'm telling you, you can give me any excuse, and I will sell you on why you need to get in a group, and I will overcome any excuse you have. Because small groups are so important. It's important for you to find your people, to find your group, to find uh, what God has for you, to find the new friendships, to find your tribe. It is so important in your life. But ultimately, it comes down to the question, what kind of friend will I be? What kind of friend will I be? In John 13, 34 and 35, it says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must Love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, I was talking with Ken, and the amazing thing that he shared when he was in our group, he said, you know, I didn't know what I believed, 
I didn't know where we stood on the whole God thing. He goes, but one thing I did know is that you knew what you believed. And you knew about your relationship with God. He goes, and I wanted what you had. I wanted that in my life. I wanted that for me and my wife. I mean, think about this, that you could be a part of a group that changes your life forever, that puts you on a brand new path to be who God called you to be. You could be a part of a group that, that through that changes not just your life, but imagine if it changed the life of your entire neighborhood, the entire street you live on. Imagine that. My desire is that people would know Liberty Church for the love and the, the good works that we do, that we're here to reach people in the community, right? That we're here to reach them reach them through friendships, that we'd be known by the love, that our, our small groups would be known by the love. Proverbs 12, 26, it says, the godly give good advice to their friends, but the wicked lead them astray. What's your group look like? Who are your people? Are they godly people or are they people that maybe would lead you astray? Who are the people in your life? You know, I, the reality is, is that every friendship ends up somewhere. But very few friendships end up somewhere on purpose. Every friendship we have will go somewhere. But I'm calling you and I'm telling you and I'm asking you, let your friendships end up somewhere on purpose. I mean, the Bible tells us so much about being friends, about being in relationship, about loving one another. I mean, Proverbs 22 through uh, 24 and 25 says, don't befriend angry, angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. I mean, Proverbs 26, uh, it says, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? telling you I could go verse after verse after verse I, I mean look at this John 13 34 tells us to love one another Romans 12 say, 10 says be devoted to one another Romans 5 7 says accept one another as Jesus Christ accepted you Romans 15 14 says instruct one another Galatians 5 13 serve one another in love Ephesians 4 2 says bear with one another in love Ephesians 4 32 says forgive one another just as Christ forgave you I'm telling you the Bible is filled with a call to be in relationship with other people. To be at a place where we say, I'm, I'm willing to be a friend, but the question is, what type of a friend will you be? What type of a friend will you be? And will you join with me? Will you join in us in being what God has called us to be? And to doing what God has called us to do, to be a family of friends, to be more than just a church where we say, well, those are my church people, but then I live my life. This is about a lifestyle, about people that we do life with. And pushing out that quickness to grab onto our phones or to build those facades of friendships that just don't matter. We say, I'm going to be present, right? I'm going to find people that I can, I can be honest with, friends that I can be open with, where I can be real. What kind of a friend will you be? That's my question for you today. That's my challenge to look at your groups of friends, look at those you have around you and say, who, who, am, I, who am I on path to be and is that where I want to go? If, if I'm going to be like the friends I'm hanging out, is that, is that really where I want to head to? Or do I need to find a tribe? Do I need to find people? 
Maybe you felt really isolated in this season and it's time to find some people. I'm telling you, at the end of service, go sign up for a small group. We got the wall out there. You can find all the groups, the online, the in-person. And if you don't find a group you like of one of our online or our in-person groups, here's the crazy thing. You don't just have our small groups. You can go to any one of our campuses' online groups and join them. I'm telling you, like our group, my wife and I are teaching a group. We have a couple from Louisiana. They don't go to church here. And they they said, hey, we we don't go to y'all's church. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. I would rather get people that don't go to church in my group because the goal is that we come in relationship with them so that they can believe what I know to be true. So they can see the truth lived out in me. But it's about finding that tribe, about finding that relationship. And that's my call to you today. Find your tribe, find your crew, find your family, whatever, however, whatever word you want to use, find the people that you can be present with and be open with and say, you know what, I just got to be real because I need some healing in my heart. I need to be real with you right now. You got to find those people. But maybe you're here today and you say, you know, we've been talking about relationships, we've been talking about friendships, we've been talking about all this and, and, and all those things, but I'm feeling something different today. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I'm feeling something where like, you just can't express what words it is, but there's just this pull, this, this draw, this something happening on the inside and you don't know what it is. Maybe it's even like a, something you're going to kind of feel a little bad about it. I feel like maybe it's maybe not even pulling me, but pushing me away. You see what that is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what this is. This is the struggle from where you're at to where you need to be. From a place in your life where you're at, and maybe you say, you know what, I've never prayed a prayer of salvation. I never asked Jesus into my heart, or maybe you did when you were younger, maybe you did a long time ago, and you've walked away, and you said, you know what, I can do this my own way. And what you're feeling right now is this struggle, this struggle between where you're at and where you need to be. And if that's you today, and you say, you know what, I'm ready to make a decision. In just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to tell you right now, if, that's, if you're not ready, if you're not there yet, that's okay keep praying that keep keep waiting keep keep pushing in keep coming keep being here because we're going to pray this next week we're going to pray the same prayer the week after and the week after that i will never stop coming after you because i want to be friends i want to be in your life i want you to be in my circle because i i got something you need to know that there is a there's something that god has for you in your life something far beyond where you're at that there's something more and so if that's where you're at today and you say, you know what, I'm ready to make that decision. I'm ready to pray that prayer. I'm ready to, I'm ready to find new friends, new tribe, new people. I'm ready to, to find a new life uh, in him and be who God called me to be. If that's where you're at, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray this prayer together with you. You're not alone. Just repeat this prayer in your heart. Repeat it along with us. Let's pray together with him. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Today I turn to you and I trust in you to be the Savior of my life and my Lord. Make me your friend that I could show your love in every way to everyone. Thank you for new life. Today, I give you mine. In Jesus' name, I pray. 
And everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, uh, I want to celebrate those that made that decision, not just today uh, in this service, but all throughout the day, all throughout the week. And, and I'm talking about this entire year. Can we celebrate all the life change that God's done? Let's stand up. Let's worship him. Let's sing him. Let's thank him for his goodness. Come on, church. grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. 